Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, 15 weeks are officially in the books. How much help did the Silver and Black get over the weekend? We'll talk about that plus a whole lot more on Monday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, December 18th, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders, win. part of the Locked On Podcast Network, Just win. your team Just every win. day. Just win. And welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available. Of course, as always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, we appreciate you and my man Ari. Ari does a great job each and every day making sure we're on YouTube, we're looking good, and we're sounding good. So big shout out to my man. You can check him out on Twitter at Ari Produces. You can hit me up as well at your boy Q254. And we got the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line at 707 654 didn't have any calls and texts on Friday's show. I took you inside the Raiders locker room. We'll get back to your calls and texts coming up in segment number three of today's show. Segment number two, got a couple more guys on the defensive side of things, key contributors, I like to call them, uh, from the Raiders locker room that I had an opportunity to catch up with uh, following Thursday's game, so you'll hear from them as well. like to give you news and notes, kind of whatever I collected over the weekend here in segment number one. Before I do any of that, though, I do want you to know that today's show is being brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So after 15 weeks and 14 games, the Raiders are 6-8 and eight and in 12th place in the AFC. They literally got no help over the weekend when it came to all the different games and all the different scenarios as the Raiders are trying to make their late last minute playoff push. Now, I know it's a long shot. It was going to be a long shot even if they got help over the weekend, but this is just a really good example of why you don't have to rely on help. You've got to handle your business when you can handle your business. Matter of fact, my man, my man Mickey hit me up on uh, Sunday as the games were going on. It was like, this is exactly why the Raiders should not have to rely on other people. They have to go out there and handle their own business. They get no help, and they really basically got no help uh, over the weekend. I thought it was going to be a good moment to sit back after the game on Thursday and the way that the Raiders won, sit back and watch we- uh, games on Saturday and on Sunday and say, okay, that game helped, that game helped, that game helped. Basically, there was no help. Again, they're 12th place in the AFC. As a matter of fact, after Sunday Night Football, Baltimore is the first team in the AFC to even clinch a, a playoff spot with their win over the Jacksonville Jaguars, so they uh, they clinched that spot. Uh, the Titans, the Jets, and the Patriots have all been officially eliminated. The Chargers are sitting there at number 13, and the Raiders are at 12. Both teams still are mathematically alive for the playoffs, but as we know, it's a very, very slim chance. Obviously, the Raiders got to handle their business, win out the rest of the way. They've got Kansas City on uh, on Christmas morning, early Christmas morning. If you're on the West Coast, 10 a.m. Pacific time, uh, it'll kick off on Christmas morning. They've got to win all three. They've got the Chiefs, they've got the Colts, and they've got the Denver Broncos, and then they've got to help. Uh, they got to hope for some help as well. But, man, just looking back and thinking what if and what had happened if they had done this, that, and the other, I look at three games at least, right? There's more games that we could point at, but I look at that week three game at home against the Steelers, 23-18 to 18 loss. That's a game I look at and say that was a missed opportunity. And I know that that was Josh McDaniels as the head coach at that point. But, man, that was a huge missed opportunity. That was a game I felt like that they should have won. That was a game where Marcus Peters put that uh, that pick six on the ground. He didn't get it. Uh, and there was other plays. It wasn't just Marcus Peters. I don't want to make it sound like he was the only reason they lost that game. But, I mean, that pick six right there would have gave him enough to win that game. 
right? I mean, it's just that was a huge blowing opportunity losing to Pittsburgh in week three. Uh, the Dolphins, right? Even though the Dolphins are a really good team, you expect them to make a deep run in the playoffs. The, the Raiders lost 20 to 13, and they really played with their food. And what I mean by that is all those uh, turnovers that they created and didn't get any points off them, didn't get enough points off of them, right? And then the, the mismanagement of the, of the clock at the end of the first half and settling for a three instead of trying to be aggressive and get into the end zone and get an interception coming out of the locker room and literally do nothing with it. Like, that was a game, and that's against a really good team, right? I mean, people are talking about and questioning the Raiders and the teams that they've beaten and, oh, well, look at the teams they've beaten and look at the quarterbacks that they face. That would have been a nice statement moment right there. Beating the Dolphins, a team that was favored by, what, 13 and a half points, I believe they were favored in that game. And uh, the Raiders just came up short, just couldn't generate uh, enough points, but they showed a hell of an effort. I feel like that that was one where they fumbled the bag. And, of course, the last one on Sunday, right before the Thursday night game, that was a week 14 action coming off the bye, losing to the Vikings 3-0. That's, that just can't happen, right? I mean, the Raiders would be sitting there at 7-7 seven and seven right now, and I realize the Vikings are a – uh, NFC team, but I mean, wins, wins, wins. That's what you need. Uh, that was a huge missed opportunity as well. That's just three games. Like I can look at the Bears game, uh, even though they lost 30 to 12. That was the first career start of Tyson Bajant. You know, that was a game that it just, I don't know what happened. That that was such a no effort. There just seemed like the, the Raiders stayed in Vegas, even though the, the game was in Chicago. Like they never appeared at that game, but still don't want to focus on every single loss that they had. But those three in particular, man, those, uh, if they had those three wins, like I think that they should have. Can you imagine right now uh, sitting there with nine wins, what this team might look like? Be nine and be nine and five right now with the, the last three games left to go. And again, I know we could always do ifs and buts, this and that. I, I get the saying and all that, but uh, just huge missed opportunities. That's something that whoever's going to be the head coach moving forward, whether it be Antonio Pierce or other, has to be able to eliminate those. You're always going to have one game here or one game there that you just lose and you look up and say, how did that happen? Teams do that all the time. I get that. But the Raiders do it consistently, right? And they'll play up to a, a really good team like the Dolphins. They'll play up to them and then just just fall off at the end. Or you know they'll lose to a team that they really shouldn't have no business, like the Steelers or like the Vikings. I mean, those those games – just can't happen. Whoever's going to be the head coach moving forward, like I said, regardless of who it's going to be, has to be able to eliminate those kind of letdowns. The ones that they're right there, they've got to find a way to get it done. Uh, also, not only uh, I want to update where the Raiders are as far as the AFC, I also wanted to update you where the Raiders are as far as the draft order for 2024. Uh, they were at number six with the win over the Chargers and everything that happened over the weekend. They're now down to number 12. And I had a lot of people telling me that, you know, that Raiders game on Thursday in the first half, that, oh, that was the worst first half uh, in Chargers football history. That was the worst first half in, in Raiders football history because it made them drop so far down in the, in, in the draft order. But uh, I've said it before, I don't care about the draft order. I don't care about losing games at the end of the year to try to increase your, your draft stock. I don't care about any of that, especially Antonio Pierce, who's the interim, who's trying to win, who needs to win, shows that he can lead this team and coach this team. He's going to do everything he can in his power and ability to set the team up for success. And don't forget, when the Raiders or when the Chargers drafted Chargers, the Chiefs, when the Chiefs drafted Patrick Mahomes back in 2017, they weren't picking number 10 overall. They were picking number 27. They traded all the way up from 27 to 10 to go get Patrick Mahomes. So if you have a guy that you're looking at, like if the Raiders decide Aiden O'Connell's not that dude and they want to go get a Jaden Daniels or they want to go get a Michael Penix or they want to go get a Bo Nix or other, they, they have the ability to do it. You can do it, right? I mean, it is possible to move up and go get who you want if that's what you choose to do. It's just if you choose to do it. And you saw what they attempted to do last year during the draft. They tried to trade up from their spot at number seven all the way up to number one, and they were going to go get Bryce Young, which 
you know, probably wasn't the right decision, but they were going to go do that. So you can, it is okay to make moves. So they don't have to just stay pat and say, well, we're picking at number 12. We'll have to pick the 12th best player. If they decide that they need a dynamic quarterback, guess what? They could just do just like the Chiefs did in 2017. They went up from 27 all the way up to 10 and got Patrick Mahomes. Now, if everyone knew Patrick Mahomes was going to be as good as he has been, he would have been number one overall, and they would have had to go all the way up to number one to go get him, but nobody knew that he was going to be that good just based off of what he was doing at Texas Tech, which, again, is more of a reflection on Cliff Kingsbury, who was his head coach there. Uh, they didn't win a whole lot of games, but, man, he uh, – he, he, he could throw that ball, can he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he can. And so I knew it's a f so funny standing there in Philadelphia when he was drafted. When I, when I heard the news that the Chiefs were trading up, I knew immediately who they were going to get, and I just put my head down. Standing right there in the front of the Rocky steps, right there at the draft, I just put my head down. And my buddy uh, Mike Gill from uh, ESPN in New Jersey was like, what, why you got your head down? I said, man, now the Raiders are going to have to face that dude uh, twice a year, and that's not going to be good. Not knowing he was going to be who he is today, but just knew he was really stinking good. Coming up in segment number two, going to talk a little bit briefly about the Raiders' defense, a couple of guys that are standing out. Where are they as far as, uh, you know, my, my 40 sacks and 20 turnovers uh, that I was asking for before the season? Where do they rank right now? And you'll hear from a couple of the key defenders, key contributors to that Raiders' defense. You'll hear that coming up in segment number two of the show after I tell you about the title sponsor, which is LinkedIn Jobs. When you're hiring for small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion, and that's billion with the B, professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring isn't easy when you have uh, that many quality candidates. So, in fact, that the fact that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or the resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is quick and easy. They even launched a feature that helps you write your job's descriptions, make the process even easier and even quicker. Right now, post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL, all one word, to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to take you back inside the Raiders locker room and hear from a couple key contributors, not only in the game on Thursday, but just throughout the course of the season. Guys that have really stood out, in, in my opinion. But I also wanted to update you real quick on sacks and turnovers. And before the season started, I put up a number. I said I was going to put up a number on the walls of the radio station there at Raider Nation Radio 920. I didn't actually do that, but it's still in my head. And it was 40 sacks, and I really wanted 20 interceptions. And the reason I said 20 interceptions that's the number that Eric Allen said when he was uh, on the Raiders and, and their defensive coordinator, Willie Shaw, used to come in every year and say, okay, this is what the goal is, go get 20 interceptions, and the team would go out there and, uh, and, and compete to try to go get that. So where are the Raiders at right now? Now, they don't have anywhere close to 20 interceptions, but they do have really close to 20 takeaways. Right now, I'm, again, I asked for 40 and 20. Right now, the Raiders have 36 sacks on the season. So they're almost at that 40 goal. The Ravens, who played on Sunday Night Football, they're actually number one in the league right now with 50. So a year ago, the, the Eagles, that was a team that we were all talking about who ended up with 70 in the regular season. Right now, the Ravens are number one with 50, and the Raiders have 36. The crazy thing about that is the 36 obviously are led by Max Crosby with 13 and a half. The next highest guy up there, Malcolm Kuntz with four. 
And really, he's come on as of late, right? Robert Spillane has three and a half, and rookie Tyree Wilson has 22 and a, or two and a half, excuse me, which is 23 and a half for those four guys combined. Again, Max Crosby leads the way with 13 and a half. The Raiders currently have 36 total sacks, and they have 19 takeaways. Now, 11 of them are interceptions, so they're not going to get 20 interceptions on the season with three games left unless they just turn into an intercepting machine. But they have 11, and they have eight fumble recoveries. So I got to give them some credit for that because there was about half of the season, almost felt like more than half the season, where they hadn't had any fumble recoveries. The only takeaways they had were just off of interceptions. So uh, right now, again, they have 11 interceptions, eight fumble recoveries, 19 total takeaways. Spillane leads the team with three INTs. Uh, guys like Meek Robinson have two. Uh, you know, Trayvon Merrick has a couple. Uh, guys like that. Mar- Marcus Peters, who's no longer on the team, has one, has a pick six. Jack Jones just got the pick six that uh, he had on Thursday. So uh, at least they're they're doing what they said that they were going to do during training camp, which was go get the ball, go hunt the ball. And that's exactly what they've been doing. Again, 19 total takeaways on the season and 36 total sacks. Of course, that could be a lot better. You want to see more contributions, but given the fact that they haven't had Chandler Jones all season, they thought that they were going to have him going into the season, and we all know how that shook out. So that was supposed to be a guy that was supposed to compliment Max Crosby, and they were going to bring Tyree Wilson along slowly, and he really was thrown into the mix faster than he had to. But he's been looking pretty good as of late, especially from the interior. So really like to see that. Now the guys that we had an opportunity to catch up with and talk in the Raiders locker room on Thursday following the game, uh, you heard from a couple of them on Friday's show, uh, like Zamir White, Jack Jones, John Jenkins. We also had an opportunity to catch up with Nate Hobbs, Jermaine Illuminor, Dylan Parham, Malcolm Kuntz, who had multiple uh, sacks and and, uh, forced fumbles on uh, Thursday, and then Amik Robertson as well. So off top, I'll let you hear from Amik. He's always one of the guys that I love to go to and speak with. He's just always, it doesn't matter if it's a win or a loss, he's always willing to give us a few minutes of his time. So here's myself and Amik one-on-one. He's got two interceptions and a sack and a forced fumble on the season, so he is a key contributor to that Raiders defense. Here's that conversation one-on-one with me and Amik Robertson. Here with Amik Robertson in the Raiders locker room following the game, and what a difference four days make, man. What did you see out there? And what, what got, I don't want to say what got into you guys because you know how you could play, but what what changed? Uh, just energy, man, and, you know, just the will to win. You know, we, and, you know, uh, we got after the ball tonight, man, helped the offense get in great field position. And, of course, you know, the offense came out with some great, great calls and we was able to execute, get in the end zone, put up points. You know, I asked you on Sunday – how you guys are going to turn things around in, in short four days, and you said you got to stay together. Mm-hmm. Was that the message all week long? Definitely. You know, at the end of the day, we got each other. Blocking all the noise, man. Like I said before, execute. Put points on the board, man. Get the fans what they what they looking for. When you get takeaways, when your defense gets takeaways, yeah. is that contagious? One guy gets one, Definitely. everyone wants one? Definitely, yes. You know, <laughs> I was telling the DBs, man, D-line getting after the quarterback, guys punching the ball on special teams. You know, I, you know, I told Nate and... uh. Jack, man, you know, we got we to gotta get our hands on the ball, and Jack came up with a hell of a play. What did you think when you saw Jack in the I air? I knew it. I knew it. Yeah? I, I, I called it before, you know, we, I'm not going to say what, you know, what our play call was, but right, I, right, right. I called his name Jack. It is, it's it. Yeah, well, and, he, he jumped it, and, and he said he thought yeah. he overran it, and then he put his hands back. Nah, he, I, I, I knew he was going to make that play. You know, uh, you know, all the DBs got, got the same mindset. They got the same knack for the ball. So I knew, you know, if he was on his side, my side, I knew, you know, both of us could make those, make those plays. You know, he's a, he's, a, he's a very impact player. What's the better or more fun play to, to cheer on, uh, the big man getting a touchdown or, or seeing Jack soar through the air and get the touchdown? Uh, I think it's 50-50. Okay. You know, I think it's 50-50 because big man was moving. Man, he big was. Big man was moving. I mean, I, you know, I was 
at the end of the day, man, you you, you know you want to turn your teammates and 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 be happy for them, you know, because they're able to make plays like that. No doubt. So, what was AP's message to you besides stay together this week, and even even in the locker room when you guys were up big, just to kind of keep your foot on the gas? Um, takeaways, man. Mm-hmm. You know, takeaways help. Like I said, takeaways help the offense. But that's that's what we did tonight. Yeah, you did. What did you see from O'Connell? Boys. I mean, I know. I know what kind of player he is. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I don't, like I said, at the end of the day, we got to stay together, man, believe in the next man. I mean, believe in the guys, you know, next to us, man, and keep the train moving. Speaking of the next man, JJ wasn't able to go, but Zamir did, got his first career start, got in the end zone. What'd you think about that? That's normal, man. I, like, I know what kind of player Zamir is. You know, yeah. I see it every day at practice. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's just all about opportunity. Trey Tucker had a couple couple inter- t- touchdowns yeah. as well. The same day, I mean, same thing. I see him compete at, you know, me going against him every day, and it's crazy. He He's a he's a young guy that's willing to learn. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like like he said, you know, being able to execute that practice like that, I knew he was going to get in the end zone. Congratulations. Appreciate Thank it. you, my man. Yep. So there's me and Amik right there. Again, really good dude. Uh, you know, he's one of those guys that he's always on my on my roster bubble. There's so many times that I've written him off, and, you know, the funny thing about it is we talk about it in the locker room. Like, man, uh, I've written you off. Others have written you off. Others say you're not going to make the roster, and you always find a way to do it. You stick around, and then you keep on contributing. Well, I'm hoping that this offseason, uh, the, the Raiders, whoever their their coaches are and whoever the GM is, if it's Champ Kelly and, and Antonio Pierce, great. Uh, if it's other, I hope they realize who Amik Robertson is and what he brings to the table and really give him a contract extension. Uh, he's the only guy left from the 2020 draft, uh, and he's the only guy that's out there uh, putting in the work all the time well obviously from that draft but I mean the dude is always uh, getting after it and always working as hard as he can and yeah I mean he's obviously not the biggest dude out there but he plays like he's a big dude so always good to catch up with Amik Robertson hopefully uh, the Raiders see what he brings to the table and decide to keep him around uh, for the long haul uh, a side note Jack Jones is a guy who has an opportunity to be that dude as well right I mean he's got to finish off this season strong but with his uh, relationship with Antonio Pierce I mean he's 26 years old I don't think a lot of people realize that he's 26 but he he has an opportunity to really kind of solidify himself as a you know potential corner for a good really good corner for the Raiders for you know multiple years because he does have ball hawking ability uh you know he's gonna make a uh not a weird play but he's gonna you know he, he might frustrate you uh at times let's put it like that let's try to put it as nicely as possible he may frustrate you from time to time but he's also gonna make a bunch of plays for you like he made on Thursday. So the other guy that I wanted you to hear from was Malcolm Kuntz. Uh, he was the guy that after his rookie year, I was really excited about what his potential could be. And then it just kind of fell off. And obviously year one with Josh McDaniels didn't go very well. Seemed like he was in the doghouse, seemed like he was being asked to do things that he doesn't do really well. Well, what they've done so far this year is let him use his speed, which is that's what he has. He's a speed edge rusher and is showing he's up to four sacks right now on the season has three forced fumbles and a couple of those came just on Thursday against the Chargers. Malcolm Kuntz has been a really good addition and you've seen what he's bringing to the table now uh, with the silver and black. So here's uh, a bunch of us catching up with Malcolm Kuntz in the Raiders locker room following the game. Overall, your improvement as you you know stepped into this role, this bigger role this season, what's, what's going into your improvement throughout the season? Uh, just trying to make the best of my opportunities, uh, trying to become like a complete player, like trying to become like an all-around good football player in general, not just a pass rusher. So, yeah. Today, I mean, broke out two sacks, two strip sacks. Mm-hmm. What, what was going for you there? Uh, I was just playing. Uh, I thank my D-line, to be honest with you, because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have ever got it. So I appreciate those guys. appreciate those boys. You, you gave your offense a lot of short fields early, setting the tone. Like, how important was it to get off that you start? Uh, it's a focus every week to play to play how we know we can play and play how, how play up to how good we think we are. So, yeah. What's it like to see your offense have a game like that? Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing to cheer on the guys. CBB score and stuff like that, so it's, it's, it's definitely great. 
how are you guys able to turn things around so quickly on a short week? Uh, I mean, we just we, we realize that what's beating us is, is us. So we just, we just focus on our game and focus on us. So. A bunch of young guys stepping up today, yeah. yourself included. How's that feel to kind of the, the young foundation of this game? Uh, it feels great. It feels great to, uh, to I guess, like, know everybody's good and have, everybody can play ball. So it definitely feels good. That was for the defense to kind of have this come up and be able to get those turnovers. Oh, it definitely feels amazing. It's, yeah. it's amazing to have games like this where you can just cheer on everybody. It's just a great vibe on the sideline. So it definitely felt good. Yeah, and then uh, you, you were getting some pressure in there as well. You know, yeah. you had a lot of reps today. How did it feel being out there just on the field? And oh, good. If I can help the team in any way, it's, it's always a good feeling. So. How much needed was this? Uh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. You see, like, you've been closer and closer, and then all of a sudden you started getting home today. Does it just feel like almost like, like a basket where you can't miss right now? Uh, nah, I just, you feel me? I try to stop thinking about it. Yeah. You think about it, it's not going to happen. So I just try to just play football. And that's it. Was that part of it? Were you thinking about it a little earlier, and now you're just kind of playing Free? Uh, I mean, I feel like even when you say you're not thinking about it, you think about it. So uh, I don't know. I just was playing football today, and it just finally got home. So. What was Coach JP's message after the game? Uh, nothing. He just he was just uh, excited, like everybody else was. So. What does it mean though when the, the coach is outside waiting and greeting every single player that comes in this locker room? Oh, it definitely is a great feeling. AP is a great coach. He's a great guy to be around. And, it makes the building so much better. It brings us all closer, so it's definitely great for yeah. So there's Malcolm Koontz right there in the Raiders locker room. It was a handful of us uh, getting an opportunity to talk with them. And, again, the Raiders are putting him in the position to succeed. They're, they're getting the most out of him by letting him do what he does really well. We talk about that all the time. Coaches want to, you know, use their scheme and want these players to fit into their scheme. Sometimes you have to say, hey, what does this guy do really well? Let's just – put him in that position. Malcolm Kuntz can bend, he can get really low, and he can get to the quarterback with speed. That's what they need to continue to do. And if he has an opportunity to maybe be that compliment to Max Crosby, and then Tyree Wilson starts to come in from the interior, that could be a nice little three-headed monster between those guys right there. Kuntz, Crosby, and Tyree Wilson. So that's all the, the sound I wanted you to hear from the Raiders locker room. Again, got to catch up with many guys. Amir White, Jack Jones, John Jenkins, Nate Hobbs, Jermaine Illuminor, Dylan Parham, Malcolm Kuntz, and Amik Robertson. So uh, that's the rest of the locker room sound that I had over from Thursday following the game. 63-21 victory over the L.A. Chargers. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts. Draft that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Before I get to that, though, I do want to tell you about FanDuel and the weather's getting colder outside, right? Well, the NFL offers stay red hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins just like that. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, good. You should. There's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app, super easy to use. Got a wide range of betting options. They got spreads, player props, over-unders, and a whole lot more. It's a way to make the game even that much more fun. Even though we have so much fun watching the games, and I really did enjoy being able to watch all the games over Saturday and Sunday, not having to worry about a Raider game since they played on Thursday. But uh, yeah, FanDuel makes it a lot more fun and intriguing and a good way to follow along with all the games. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get into the NFL season the right way with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts. You have that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start off with a call from the 408. Didn't give me his name, but he's calling from the 408. He's calling to talk about the Raiders' win on Thursday, Coach Antonio Pierce, Champ Kelly, and even Aiden O'Connell. Here it is, a call from the 408. Hey, Q. Hey man, great win tonight. You know, I listen to you guys. I listen to you almost uh, every week, man. So I just wanted to say, uh, 
really happy for Red Nation right now. AP might be the guy. I think that the Chiefs, the end of the row, as in, for, as in like the last test for him. And I think that if he wins this, Mark Davis will give him the, the, the role along with Champ Cowley. But I still got a question mark about ALC. And I, I, I need, I think we need a guy that like is going to need a, put 400 yards, four touchdowns in a playoff game if it comes down to it. Can't just be a game manager. Um, also, to go with AP, you know, I'm hoping he gets a job because there's something different about these Raiders. Uh, but my big thing is, can he keep Patrick Graham, you know? And if not AP, does Patrick Graham get head coach consideration? I mean, he's been doing great. Uh, he kind of seems like everyone wants to play with him or for him. And so, I don't know, you know, uh, well, Hardicre might need to go. I don't think that there's enough. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. We're just missing something there, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, all right, Red Nation. Thank you so much for the call, my man. Next time, you got to give me your name. <laughs> Make sure you give me, give me your name so I can give you some props and don't say you're the caller from the 408. But, uh, yeah, these last three games are going to say a lot for Antonio Pierce. You know, I, I do believe he has a real chance to get this job. I really do. Uh, and it's more than just wins and losses. It's his leadership skills. It's his accountability. It's also the fact that he's, he's humble enough to ask questions, right? I mean, for him to reach out to, you know, guys like Tom Coughlin and, and Marvin Lewis and, and Adam Gase. And I know anytime I say Adam Gase's name, people roll their eyes because we know how bad of a head coach he was, but uh, he's been a good offensive coordinator. So just to be able to use his resources, and that's what he said on Friday when we met with him at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. He said, you know, I would be a fool not to use my resources. If they're there, why not? You know, walking around the press box and seeing Marvin Lewis in Raider gear was pretty cool, right? I mean, this is a guy that's been a head coach for a very long time. He was obviously with AP in Arizona State as well with Coach Herm Edwards. I mean, they all, you know, they, they all were on the staff together. So to be able to to use these guys to, to the, you know, to learn stuff that maybe he doesn't know, I think that that says a lot. It really does and shows you what he's attempting to do as the Raiders head coach. I think he has a really good opportunity to get that job, but you still want to see what they're going to do the rest of the, the three games of the season. Then, of course, in the interview process, you know, he's got to roll out his plan for Mark Davis. Okay, this is how we're going to do this. This is how we're not going to have those bad losses like I mentioned earlier in the, in the show, like the Steelers loss or the Dolphins loss or the 3-0 loss to the Vikings. Like, this is how we're going to stop doing that. This is how we're going to move forward. This is what the identity of our team is going to be, right? I mean, those that's going to be very important. And for him to have a, a game plan and know that he's already working on a game plan, I think is awesome. Uh, I'm with you. I think Patrick Graham uh, should stay as a defensive coordinator. I hope he stays. He might get some kind of consideration in this coaching cycle for a potential head coach. He was in that before. That was before he took the job with the Raiders. And then, of course, the defense didn't play very well, so his stock kind of dropped. Uh, now it's up again, right? Now that doesn't mean that he's going to get a head coaching job. I would love to see him stick around with the silver and black at least another year, uh, really get that defense cooking, especially if they can go out and get one more player or two uh, to add to that defense. But he might be in those those conversations. Uh, we'll see. As far as the quarterback goes, I'm kind of on, on the you know same, same area I was following the Vikings game when I, I felt like Aiden O'Connell really wasn't that guy. Now I know he put up a hell of a performance on Thursday. Don't get me wrong. I just, again, I go back to I think that the Raiders just need a more dynamic quarterback. I don't want to take anything from O'Connell, but I just think that they need somebody that's got the ability uh, to be able to use his legs better than what Aiden O'Connell does. And I, I get it, uh, you know, that you don't have to be that guy. I just think that the Raiders need that guy. But that's just me. It's obviously not up to me what they do. Champ Kelly, uh, Antonio Pierce, uh, whoever ends up being the GM and the head coach, they could have other uh, ideas and say, and that's exactly who we need. And then that's who they'll roll with. At least you know that he has the ability to win some games. 
right? You know he has the ability to make some throws. It's not like he's some guy out there that you're like, oh, this, this dude, he goes in the game, just, it's an it's a L immediately. At least you know that he, 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 can, he can hold his own in the NFL. So if they decide to run another year with him or you know they decide that that's their guy, the quarterback of the future, then that's what they roll with, right? But again, for my money and just mine alone, just my opinion, we all have one, um, I would like to see them go and get a more dynamic quarterback, in my opinion. So uh, thanks so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Up next, got a text from Gonzo in the 505. It says, hey, Q, Gonzo Raider here from the 505. First of all, let's go. Huge victory. Let's keep this momentum, staying loyal and optimistic. We can get into those playoffs with huge wins. Secondly, I appreciated your take of all these fans wanting the Raiders to tank the season to go after a high draft pick and why that's not a good thing. Statistically, how have the number one or even first-round draft picks in general worked for the Raiders? We have good tools. We have a good quarterback, and with a few uh, good pickups, whether through the draft or trades, we could be a yearly contender. Raiders all day, every day. Raiders. That's Gonzo in the 505. Thanks for the text. I do appreciate you. And yeah, that was a big win. That was. That was a big statement win. And, and I think that was something that Antonio Pierce needed. And the cool thing about it is they had the buy. Obviously, they had the loss coming off the buy, which nobody liked. That Vikings loss was unacceptable. But then they play a couple days later, go out there and dominate. Now it's like they have a mini buy again. You know, because they don't they don't play again until Christmas morning, which is Monday. So it's almost like they have a mini buy playing on that Thursday. So as much as the Thursday games, a lot of the league doesn't like them. The players don't like them. But if you can win them like the Raiders did, then all of a sudden you have a nice little opportunity to, uh, you know, get a little bit of uh, rest and relaxation before you got to get back at it. So uh, it works. It works if it works. Right. If it doesn't, if you get embarrassed on Sunday and then you can turn around and get embarrassed on Thursday. Well, then that's all bad. But. Uh, for good thing for the Raiders, that did not happen. But thanks so much for the text. Definitely appreciate you. Up next, got a call from Jacob in Hanford. He's calling to talk about Tyree Wilson and what he looks like as an interior pass rusher. Here he is, Jacob in Hanford. Hey, Q. This is Jacob from Hanford. I was listening to what you were saying about uh, Tyree Wilson, and I went and I was looking at the uh, the tape. I was checking out his, his, his play, and I had him in the middle, and I'm just watching him, and he's really fast, but he's, you expect a guy who's with his build to kind of get pushed around in the middle, but he's really pushing guys around himself. You know, it's kind of like Max Crosby where he's so fast off the line that he can just power rush people, and you're like, a guy that's lanky like him, you don't expect him to be able to do that. But another comparison I think is more accurate. When I'm watching Tyree, he kind of looks like a mini DeForest Buckner. I don't know. Do you see the same thing I'm seeing? It, it kind of gives me that feel. I think maybe we might be able to keep him in that spot because that's the kind of thing that Buckner would do. All right, Q. Appreciate everything you do. Take it easy. God bless. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And, yeah, him being on the interior might be the move, right? When they drafted him, they drafted him because of his versatility. And I remember specifically saying on this show and Raider Nation Radio 920 that if they can get him out there, and at the time I thought Chandler Jones was actually going to be playing for the Raiders, have Chandler on one side, Max on another side, and have uh, Tyree on the interior. It's kind of like that NASCAR package that the Giants used to run. Well, fast forward it through 15 weeks, and now all of a sudden you got Malcolm Kuntz on one side, Max Crosby on the other side, and Tyree Wilson on the interior, and now they're able to use that NASCAR package and look pretty good doing it. And he's, he's I mean, he might be, a, I don't want to even say skinny, he might be a thinner dude, but, man, that dude is strong. <laughs> that dude is, uh, I mean, he is a, a strong, strong dude. Country strong. Let's put it like that. He's country strong. You know that's strong. <laughs> so he's uh, he, he might not, like I said, he might not have the, you know, the big guy build as far as just like the, the size and, and weight, but, man, he is all muscle. So uh, that dude, he can, he can go, right? I mean, as far as like 
you know, DeForest Buckner and that conversation, obviously he's got to continue to develop, but I think sky's the limit for him. He's just got to stay healthy and he's got to continue to work. And it's, it's funny because he started out so slow in the season uh, that now at the end, the second half or the back end of the season, it's like he's getting his second win. Like he's ready, he's ready to go. Or maybe he never even needed his second win because he never really uh, took off to begin with. So, uh, yeah, he's just really looking like he's starting to round into shape. So we'll see what goes on. I think these next three games will be very important for Tyree Wilson as well because he very well could, uh, like you said, uh, end up being that interior guy and be a dominant force for the Raiders who've been looking for a, a dominant interior defensive lineman for the longest for the longest. So if he can end up being that guy, that would be a, a really good addition to that Raiders defense. Thanks so much for the call. I do appreciate you. Up next, got a text from Tadrice in New Jersey. It's a pretty lengthy one, so it'll probably be what we close out the show with. He says, hey, Tadrice from New Jersey here. This isn't hate. I heard this on a sports show. Warning the Raiders not to fall for the results of the Chargers game. Why? We played a team that quit on their head coach. We lost 3-0 four days prior. The quarterbacks we beat was Stick, Zach Wilson, and DeVito, not world beaters. Last point, defensive head coaches around the league don't win anymore. They're virtually last in every division. He said, good luck continuing to face Reed, Peyton, and if the Chargers hire Harbaugh, all offensive-minded coaches. The suggestion, go get an offensive head coach. Now, my thoughts. One, I'd love to practice patience. Two, I'd love to see what another year or two under this staff could do. Three, I'd also love uh, how the offense looked by putting the OC in the booth above. That showed willing to change. The old head coach loved to keep doing the same thing, uh, and it wasn't even working. I can't say that the talk show host was wrong on all these amazing points. We need to play the rest of the season out, see what happened from there. If they come out inspired on Christmas to pull off the victory, that would go a long we- long way. That's Tadris, excuse me, from New Jersey. Just win, baby. And yeah, thanks. I mean, and, and look, thanks for the text. It was really good stuff. And yeah, the sports talk host isn't isn't wrong. Because some of those those wins, like you pointed out, weren't against very good quarterbacks, right? And, and that's just the nature of the beast. But you play who you play. And the Chargers definitely quit on their coach, and that's why he got fired uh, the next morning, right? I mean, you knew he was going to get fired at the end of the season, but after the way that they gave up 63 points, uh, there was no option but the Chargers had to fire him. That's why I said on the show, uh, depending on what time you're listening to it, he might already be out of a job. Well, he was out of a job pretty early on, uh, on Friday morning. But the one thing I'll say about defensive-minded coaches and not winning in the NFL – it depends on what staff you put around them, right? I mean, yeah, Antonio Pierce is a defensive-minded head coach. That's fine. You know, he was a linebacker's coach. He talks about defense all the time. That's great. But if you put together a really sharp, a sharp uh, you know, staff around you, you can win, right? He, he can win if he goes and put, gets some really good offensive uh, coordinators and offensive coaches and, you know, guys like that. And he's already talking about there's, there's players or there's not players, but there's uh, – you know, there's coaches out there that he's looking to bring in if he were to get the job. That was uh, according to LeVar Arrington when I had him on my radio show. I don't know who those guys are, but he could be putting together something that's really good, right? I mean, he could be putting together a hell of a staff like Ben Johnson. A lot of people didn't know who Ben Johnson was in Detroit until the Lions started putting up crazy points, right? Then they're like, wait, hold on. What's going on over there? Oh, the OC is really good. Even the OC there in uh, Houston with the Texans, right? I mean, look, D'Amico Ryans is a defensive-minded head coach. Uh, the Texans are tied for first place right now. So I understand the points that the sports talk host was making, but I don't think that that, I don't think that, that just necessarily means, oh, he's not going to be successful because he's a defensive-minded coach. They just have to have the right pieces around them, and obviously the Raiders need to do that, and, and they need to improve their, 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 their roster as well. Right. It's not just it's not just, uh, you know, the coaches, the, the roster needs to continue to evolve as well. They've got some really good pieces, but I think that they're probably, you know, a piece or two away still from where they need to be. But I think there's definitely something to work on and work with when it comes to the Raiders. So uh, thanks so much for that text. I do appreciate you. And yeah, like I said, I, I, I didn't take it as hate. I totally understand where they're coming from. And a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of 
uh, talk show host, you know, maybe from a distance is like, yeah, this guy sounds good, but yeah, I don't think he's really going to be the dude, right? And so they, they're coming up with reasons why he can't be. And again, those those are are valid reasons. I just don't think that they uh, I don't think that they are the end all be all. But thank you again for that text. I appreciate you. Uh, still got a call from Sci Fi Geek. Got a text from the judge. Got a call from Sucker Free Raider and more. We'll get to that on tomorrow's show. Uh, we won't meet with uh, Antonio Pierce today like we normally do on Mondays. Everything's pushed back a little bit. So on Tuesday, it'll be the coordinators. And then we'll talk with AP coming up on Wednesday. So that'll be the first opportunity we get to talk with him following the uh, following when we talk to him on Friday uh, after the, the Week 15 victory over the Chargers. So until tomorrow, Red Nation, we'll come back with some more news and notes, of course. Uh, we'll have more calls and texts. We'll have plenty of conversation as well. Until tomorrow, t- take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.